Spirit Radio Podcasts. Well, my next guest over the past number of years has been playing an important role in raising awareness and speaking out about the long-term impact that transgender people can suffer with and especially those who regret their decision to take medical routes to transition with surgery, especially young people. And she's co-authored a book that's going to be released called When Kids Say They're Trans. She's going to tell us all about the book. It's great to have with the psychotherapist and author Stella O'Malley. Stella, obviously this is a topic that you've spoken about a lot, but why did you decide to get put together this book? Uh, the reason why we decided to write it, it's myself and two other therapists, Lisa Marciano and Sasha Ayad. And the reason we wrote it is because we are overwhelmed with uh, demand to see uh, children and we are overwhelmed with um, emails and requests for help. And we, we knew that like, we, there's no physical way if we replicated our, our own knowledge a hundred times over, we still wouldn't even hope to reach the demand seeking um, counselling for people who are in deep gender-related distress. Sadly, the, the, the gender identity clinics have, as such, cornered the market and led people to believe that the only people who can, who can help with these distressed young people is specifically gender identity clinicians. And actually, any competent clinician, any competent counsellor or therapist is able to help them. So we decided we needed to take time over the last couple of years to write a book so that um, parents could more easily help their children rather than relying on waiting lists, which was causing a huge amount of distress. So is it mostly, Stella, parents getting in touch with you that are just overwhelmed and there's, there's so much information, misinformation out there um, uh, and, and almost, I think, so many parents feel forced into a kind of gender-affirming model, even though that their gut might be telling them, actually, no, I just want to help my child navigate this gender distress in the best way I can. Yeah, that would be that would encapsulate exactly what's going on. Parents want the best for their children in the long term. And there's few among us that care more about a child than the parent. Generally, not always, but generally the parent is often most conservative about the child's decisions because they care most in the long term about what will happen. We're often most conservative about the things we love and cherish the most. And so parents are often a little bit cautious and um, tentative while they're figuring out what's going on when their child is gender-related distress. It's often called gender dysphoria. And so when they do what, you know, what is, you know, appropriate, which is seek medical help, seek the help of professionals, because if they feel out of their depth, sadly there's been this very new concept called gender identity um, theory, gender identity approach, and uh, it's sorry, gender affirmative theory and the gender affirmative approach. And this theory is about 10 or so years old and it basically suggests that every adult should immediately affirm the child's identity status. status. And that child could be 2 or 4 or 14. And whatever the child wants, in terms of their gender identity, it should be affirmed immediately and easily without any question. That's the gender affirmative approach, and it's a theory. However, the more conventional psychotherapeutic approach to any sort of distress 
is to explore why the child is in distress, to figure out the different um, environmental impacts, the cultural impacts, the emotional and psychological impacts, there may be some trauma, there may be some developmental issues. There's very often, when you're talking about gender dysphoria, there's very often autism, ADHD, OCD, anxiety, eating disorders in the background, especially with this new cohort. And there's been an extraordinary rise what has the increase been like, Sally? Because I, I, I know that some commenters saying, commentators are saying in particular areas, and especially with the online world, social media, you know, that there is can be a social contagion with this. And we're talking in some instances, you know, life-altering surgery that can happen that's totally unnecessary. Yeah, the, the, the extraordinary rise in the numbers, I think most people have noticed that suddenly gender is everywhere. And the reason, you know, in the press or whatever online, the reason for this is there's been a huge uptick in female adolescents, especially, but not, not only seeking medical transition. Up until, again, about a decade or so ago, really, there was very few, very few people seeking medical transition and um, vanishingly small number of adolescent females seeking medical transition and then suddenly they have arrived in huge numbers and they hate their bodies, they often hate their breasts, they often have a huge almost phobia around periods, they want to stop their development, they want to stop their sexual development and they want to become often the opposite sex but not always. Some of them want to become non-binary which means they kind of reject either male or female or other identities. And as far as we're concerned, and we we go into this in detail in our book, it's very important for the parent to love and cherish and support the child with, you know, with love and compassion. But it's also very important that we we stand up to the challenge insofar as we take the challenge and we we make sure that we protect the children from making unnecessarily irreversible decisions. And if they can be avoided, we would argue they should be avoided. And let's wait for the the child to become an adult and to make their own decisions. Because being a child, I would argue, is, is a vulnerable position to be in. And the adults involved need to protect that child from reckless or impulsive or immature decisions. And it's interesting, Sally, because what, what you describe there, especially in terms of young girls and women as they kind of, their bodies change, that's, you know, throughout history has been an incredibly, you know, there's always been gender non-conforming boys and girls, uh, but particularly for girls at that time where all of a sudden you become vulnerable in lots of different ways, um, yet then some might end up railroaded down this, this path that can render them, well, infertile in some instances, a, a very extreme. Um, how do you think the book will help parents because I think parents, again, they, they feel pressurised to go down, even though their gut, their instinct in terms of um, just loving and caring for their child might be telling them one thing. The societal pressure around this issue, even asking the questions around it, are enormous. Yeah, censorship has been a huge issue with this, and that's why we're so pleased to get the book out. It's published this week, and it's found online easily. And uh, what this book is, it's explicitly pro-parent. It's explicitly for parents who wish to help their child without rushing towards social or medical transition. So it, it offers lots of practical ways, and it gives an awful lot of parent testimonials and expert comments about how we can help our child who has gender-related distress. There's a loads and loads, a million different ways, I'd nearly say, to help your child who has gender 
related to stress. There's so many different ways we could help it. And we want to prioritise them before the child goes to more invasive medical procedures. And I think parents listening, Stella, would hope that what you put together in this book would, obviously it's a resource for parents, it's a tool for parents who might need it, but we're all, it's also coming out at a time where, you know, our schools are looking at doing the opposite and kind of going on the non-evidence-based, you know, gender-affirming model that you've talked about. Um, hopefully some of those looking at this curriculum will read your book. Yeah, very definitely. I think there's a lot of people who, who are um, devising the curriculum and they seem to be very led by certain groups and I would caution them to make sure that they read the literature and make sure that they realise that there is no evidence base, no long-term quality evidence base for the gender affirmative approach and so they are working upon a theory and the theory offers some very, very reckless invasive medicalization of a child's gender identity that has never happened before and we will only know in the long term what what the impact of this is. Stella, thank you so much for joining us on the programme today. That is psychotherapist and author Stella O'Malley. The book that I was talking to Stella about, as she said, is out this week. It's called When Kids Say They're Trans. And you can, when you Google it, you can easily find uh, different places to get it. But um, also there's whenkidssaythertrans.com is the website that you can visit. And there's resources as well, podcasts, all those sorts of things. Information is key, isn't it? And looking to the evidence. Thanks for listening to our Spirit Radio podcast. Don't miss out. Subscribe today. Find out how at spiritradio.ie